Today's program is brought to you by the Dairy Farm Families of Wisconsin, the Wisconsin Milk Marketing Board. Did you know that today Wisconsin produces more than 600 varieties, types, and styles of American, international style, and original cheese that win more awards than any other state or country? To learn more, visit eatwisconsincheese.com. Hey, what's up? This is Jack Inslee, host of Full Service Radio. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this show, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Hello, this is Diane Stemple on HRN.org, Cutting the Curd. This month, I'm doing something a little bit differently. My guests this week are two cheese people with Kickstarter campaigns instead of book authors. And I want to welcome Jessica Sennett, a cheese educator who's come up with the Cheese Grotto, and Sue Miller of Bertrand Hills Farm in Pennsylvania. Welcome to both of you. Yeah, thank thank you. you. Nice to be here. And they're actually in the studio, which makes it much more fun than on the phone. (laughs) And we're overlooking Roberta's Pizzeria, and people are actually eating pizza right in front of our noses. So anyway, Sue, I want to ask you a couple questions to introduce you to our listeners. How long have you been making cheese? For seven years. Mm -hmm. And um, it's kind of interesting process. I took a class with Peter Dixon. Uh And um, after I woke up one morning and thought, I need to learn how to make cheese Mm -hmm. to add value to the milk for our family farm. So seven years. And as I make cheese, I realize we're just fledglings in the world of cheese making. Mm -hmm. You know, with the history Mm -hmm. of the craft. Right. Which cheese did you make first? Uh, The Bertrand Blue. Okay. Of course, I did that typical... uh, uh, error, I made something that I really loved without thinking about the process, because it's one of the most difficult cheeses right, to make. Right, I would think it right. blue is more complicated. Yeah. It is complicated, <laughs> and I say every gray hair I have on my head came from the blue cheese. It's like a wild teenager. <laughs> it goes along, it behaves, and as soon as you think you have it under control, it takes off. Mm-hmm. And when did you add uh, red cat and fat cat? Not that long after, maybe a year after I started making the blue, um, we were also making alpine style cheese that Mm -hmm. we call Equinox. Mm -hmm. And um, I wanted to make the fat cat uh, as a way to to really express the milk without a whole lot of intervention Mm -hmm. and just to see what it would become. And um, we really love the cheese. It has a loyal following. It has this great, lovely earthiness and Mm -hmm. grassiness. And it's familiar, yet unique and interesting. Is it more seasonal? Uh, we do it year-round, mm-hmm. but it does have a seasonal seasonality to mm-hmm. it as mm-hmm. we go through the milk through the season. Right, more so, so than the blue where almost, the recipe would, would dominate. Yes, mm-hmm. most definitely. And, you know, I think that's the beauty of that cheese, though. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm talking to our customers about it, and they really look forward to the nuances of that throughout the year. Mm-hmm. I tasted your cheese at the place in Reading Terminal. Fair food. Yes, With yes. Tanaya Darlington. Yes, she brought yeah. me there to um, because mm-hmm. I was interviewing her the next day about her book, 
walk. And so we went to taste some Pennsylvania cheeses. That's fun. It's a really nice place. It's great. And they are great supporters mm-hmm. of the Pennsylvania cheesemakers and New Jersey cheesemakers. Mm-hmm. We're fortunate to have them. Mm-hmm. And DeBruno's as well. Oh, my gosh. DeBruno's. Emilio Bignucci, he was my first customer. Ah. DeBruno's. So that's a great way to come out of the gate. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, where are your cheeses available in New York? Uh, they're far and few between here in New York mm-hmm. right now, but you can find them sometimes at Italy mm-hmm. and then also at Lucy's Way. Mm-hmm. Usually, we've been so small mm-hmm. um, that a lot, of, most of our cheese just stays in that Philadelphia region. Mm-hmm. Very little gets into New York, but we're working to change that. Okay, so let's talk about the Kickstarter campaign. What are you trying to raise money for? So on the Kickstarter campaign, we're raising money for equipment for our new cheesemaking and aging facility that we will be building on our farm. Right now, we work in a rented facility and haul our milk four miles down the road. And mm-hmm. it's a quirky, tiny little place. We probably outgrew it two years ago. Mm-hmm. I keep it stashed tight with cheese. Mm-hmm. Um, so we actually have secured a loan to build the facility on our farm. Mm-hmm. And so the Kickstarter is actually for equipment. Okay, so it's sort of what to put in the facility. Right. Okay. Are you going to start the facility regardless? Yes. Okay. Yes, that will be starting. Hopefully, we'll break ground in January, depending on the weather. You know, mm-hmm. remember, we're, we're in southeastern Pennsylvania, so mm-hmm. we have quite a good window for that. Mm-hmm. So we're hoping, crossing our fingers, that that will work out. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing that amazes me about Kickstarter and must make both of you a little bit nervous is that you don't get the money if you don't reach your goal. Why did they do it that way? Oh, well, um, yeah, I ask myself that question This is Jessica. Hi. I mean, doesn't it make um, you nervous? It does. I think um, it's an interesting concept. I think the theory behind it is that if you are able to, you know, have this kind of condition where you have to basically pledge within a certain time period mm-hmm. that you can make what you're doing um viral and basically get the attention that it mm-hmm. deserves mm-hmm. so that you can actually get going as right. soon as you make get it the, really happen. the funds. Yes. Okay. And you know, I mean, ideal situation, you get all the, you'll get the goal, the target goal that you um, set out for. But I also see that during the process, the amount of connections and the amount of exposure that you get, especially as a fledgling business or starting a new endeavor project, um, also provides a lot of amazing Mm -hmm. avenues so Mm -hmm. um yeah ideal situation you get people to really know about Mm -hmm. it and if they're really excited about it um they they want to see it on the market they want to see the cheeses that you're Mm -hmm. producing on your farm and um so that's that's the main hope but don't you have to lower the goal to perhaps less than you need because you want to reach it Yeah, I think there's definitely that philosophy to do that. Um, And then, you know, have these stretch goals in place to Mm -hmm. go above Mm -hmm. and beyond. Right. And, um, you know, we've thought about that. What is reasonable? What we thought we could Mm -hmm. hopefully manage to um, connect with. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, I think, you know, there's that whole finessing. It's an educational process. I'm sure. With this, you know. You and probably to, you'd be better at it the second time. I think so. I think so. And, you know, there are a lot of people who end up doing it another yeah, time. Yeah. Well, I mean, for another project yeah. or just a do-over. Right. Right. Um, yeah. Either. Yeah. Right. And I've heard that uh, it's busier at first. 
and then it slows down so you can get really nervous. And then at the end, it speeds up when your friends are finally, you know, mm-hmm. remembering to donate the money they said they would. It's true. If there's one thing I learned from doing this, that when I go on Kickstarter <laughs> and to, to, look. In, to look, and if I see a project I want to do, I've learned I am not going to procrastinate. Oh, okay. <laughs> You give them the money right away. Yeah, I'm just going to jump on board after learning how (laughs) this works. Let's be nice to these people. (laughs) Yeah. But it it is interesting because, you know, they say at seven days, it will definitely slow down. And I Mm -hmm. feel like it, you know, we went through that little ebb Mm -hmm. as well. And, um, but you, you just have to stay on top of it. Don't Mm -hmm. you think, Jessica? Just promote it. Promote it. Yeah. You just have to keep a positive attitude about it. Mm -hmm. uh, And really just... You know, it's it, it is true. It's kind of this market research um, experiment as well, mm-hmm. at least for the product that I'm designing, mm-hmm. which is something that's new um, on the market um, in terms of what's already out there for cheese storage for mm-hmm. the home and for you know retail and mm-hmm. restaurants. So, you know, it's it's a way to see okay, where is our audience who you know who's, who's really captivated mm-hmm. how much education has to go into to making something like this and putting it out there um and really if you get the press on it then it doesn't really matter right right, <laughs> Which right, is the right. Really someone else will thing. give you the money or or you'll be hired to make it yeah, by a company or, or something uh, yeah and mm-hmm. it's all it there's that and then you know the if the concept is validated in, in the public domain on that level then people kind of automatically go towards it which right, is a really right. interesting psychological thing but it's kind of how it works with media and they'd be readier so. to buy it too yeah right yeah. right so. so tell us more about um how how was making the video did you make the video just for the campaign we did do the video just for the campaign and I actually had a great crew of students from St. Joseph's University um, in a social media program who took me on as a client Mm -hmm. they we met a couple of times they had a really great idea of what we wanted Mm -hmm. and in one morning they came out to the farm and they just shot a ton of footage Mm -hmm. and did a fantastic job editing it Mm -hmm. you know and for us i really wanted people to feel connected to our farm Mm -hmm. and how important that is to us in our cheese making and i feel like the students did a fantastic job Mm -hmm. at conveying that Mm -hmm. so we were pretty thrilled about it so you can use that video permanently on a website yes most definitely it's a nice video most definitely they did a fantastic job Mm -hmm. now did it cost a lot or was it they took me on as a free client Oh, because they're learning. They're They're learning. learning. They're learning. So that is a tip for other people. And that, it looked very professional. It did. They they did it in a quick turnaround. Mm -hmm. Just very efficient. Mm -hmm. And they don't have farm backgrounds, so they really listened. And I think that was important. Mm -hmm. And that's good for them to learn how to Mm -hmm. to please a client that they don't know much about. That's true. Mm -hmm. That's true. So it's... It's great because, you know, this community for me has grown exponentially just since we started this Kickstarter Mm -hmm. in the most phenomenal way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Jessica, tell us a little bit about your um, what your Kickstarter campaign is focused on. Oh, yes. Um, Well, um, I actually um, also have a little bit background in cheese making um, and also in the retail world, Mm -hmm. a little bit of both. Um, Mm did some uh, managing of uh, cheese making operation in Washington state and then um, did cave renovations for um, Formaggio Kitchen in Cambridge mm-hmm. um, and moved out here and, and to help develop some of the educational program at uh, Bedford Cheese Shop and 
kind of throughout the process, something that I have been thinking about and exploring and dra- drafting up and drawing has been about um, optimal cheese storage for the home, mm-hmm. um, which, which, which is where this is all really starting. Um, you know, one of the main questions you always get when you go, when you're working in a cheese shop is, you know, how do I best store right, this? Right. Um, and so because of that, you know, I was thinking about how there is kind of a disconnect between the enjoyment of the cheese and the understanding of what the product is um, mm-hmm. and how to best maintain it. So um, the product that I've... Uh, invented is basically taking these uh, concepts of traditional cave technology like humidity and Mm -hmm. airflow and um, it has a little vaulted ceiling which helps with condensation if there's an excess buildup. I'm going to touch it right now. It's here in the studio. Please touch touch it. it. Um, So and it's made out of bamboo and corian and glass. Um, it's, It's heavy. Yeah, it's 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 got a little bit of a weight to it um, because it's something that all the materials have a lot of integrity to them. Um, it's something that you know you buy it and you have it for your life. Cor- you know, I'm playing with things. it right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's very nice. <laughs> so um, essentially, it couples. It has kind of two um, two purposes. Um, it can be used in the fridge um, as a perfect preservation um, technique for cut pieces of cheese without packaging. And you just put it in there. You can see what it is that you have. You don't have to wrap it in wax paper because the humidity and the airflow are no packaging, that. so you yeah, can you see need... your cheese and bring it out to your table very easily. Yes, yes. Ah, nice. Um, it also does work if you are comfortable with having cheese at room temperature, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of people do who really are into cheese do enjoy doing that. Um, and so it works in the same capacity um, on the counter. You can also use it as a um, a ripening or aging device for all the DIY foodies that are out there, um, mm-hmm. people who like to get into doing fermentation projects. I always thought about, you know, how do you do this if you have a small space or if you have a maybe a cellar, but you don't have a cave that's built into it. So you basically take the qualities, you take the humidity and you get the airflow correct. And um, you have a little bit of adjustability to the airflow. And if you put it in a cool cellar, which is, you know, between, you know, 48, 50 to like 55 degrees, then you can actually make entire wheels of cheese and then age them. Um, but that would be a small wheel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, the way that um, our is there plan, going to be a bigger one? There is um, our plan. Um, there's actually a variety of rewards as well. Um, but our plan, the, one of the higher ones is to be able to custom build whatever size it is that you want for um your actual cheese grotto um as well what comes with that is this extensive tasting experience with max mccallman who's a really Mm -hmm. well-known cheese uh, connoisseur um but yeah i mean basically we would like this design which is modular um to be something that we can build on a bigger scale, um, you know, be perfect for restaurants. Mm -hmm. Um, People Mm -hmm. who are doing these, uh, you know, cheese appreciation menus who have these tastings, you could have something like this on a cart Mm -hmm. and it just lives on there and you roll it out and you have this beautiful presentation um, and, you know, it will keep the cheese for the longest period of time. Mm -hmm. So restaurants are going to be great. Retailers, um, definitely for cases mm-hmm. it's, it's it would be an interesting option for people um especially like some of the fresher and bloomy rind styles if you had a little separate case for those that mm-hmm. would be perfect for it mm-hmm. um so 
Yeah, this is really the beginning. Okay. Um, okay. And there's well, we're, we we're ready for our break now. We're going to talk about rewards and more Kickstarter when we get back after the break. This is Diane Stemple on Cutting the Curd. We'll see you soon. it gonna be you take the holy high road or you come along with me you are listening to dance with the devil by the sparrows with all the chances that i'll give we won't get lost amongst the crowd people will turn their heads and how just take a look at you You're dreaming of a life out on the road with me. We'll swing in style all the miles. The Dairy Farm Families of Wisconsin and the Wisconsin Milk Marketing Board are proud to underwrite Cutting the Curd on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Wisconsin cheeses have an illustrious heritage of more than 170 years of quality and craftsmanship. During this long and rich history, the art and science of cheesemaking have been captured in time-honored traditions that produce cheese varieties of unsurpassed excellence. Today, Wisconsin produces more than 600 varieties, types, and styles of American, international style, and original cheeses that win more awards than any other state or country. To learn more, visit www.eatwisconsincheese.com. Hello, this is Mark Ladner from Del Posto, and you're listening to Heritage Radio Network. Hi, this is Diane Stemple. I'm back on Cutting the Curd with Jessica Sennett and Sue Miller of uh, Bertrand, Bertrand Farm Hill. Bertrand Hills Farm. Oh, thank you. And do you have a company? Uh, well, Cheese Grotto is the name of okay. the, of and the she, company. And I'm, Jessica of Cheese Grotto. Yeah. So one thing that um, you know, I learned about a lot about Kickstarter this week getting ready for the show and they're really into the rewards. Now, can you tell us how you came up with some of your rewards? I saw one of yours, Sue, was naming a cow. Oh, my goodness. That has been such a wonderful surprise. That people want that reward. Oh, they most definitely want that reward. <laughs> and it started out with um, one one person, the first person, I think, that jumped on that reward. Then she went on to social media and started testing out the names that she wanted to use. And then people were grew, voting. Right. And then they then it grew from there. And it's just turned on. Into and then a they life might have own. to donate to get their own cow. Yeah. And people are like, you know, in cheese shops, they're all the mongers are chipping in together right, so that they right. can get it's their perfect. own. It now, is. don't your cows have names? They do have names. So what are you going to do? Rename them? Well, these are for the newborns. Oh, okay. These are okay. for the newborns. So the new calves born on the farm, people will get a, a photograph of their calf and okay. they'll have the opportunity to name them. And I just thought that was just wild. That okay. People were that excited. people went for it. And how right. many cows do you have? We milk about 80. Okay. So how many get born? Well, so in theory, it would be great to have 80 calves born. Half of them are going to be males okay. and half females. So we do milk a little bit more than 80 cows, but we put up 40. Okay. 40 calves to be named. <laughs> so that's really exciting. Because you don't want exciting. the, you, d- you want your calf 
to stick around. We do want them to <laughs> stick around. We want them to name the females. And, that, and, you know, that's special. It's fun to do. We get a kick out of naming them. So we thought mm-hmm. other people would. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And the other hilarious uh, reward that I saw on your list was... Uh, for a lot of money, come run the farm for the day. Now, would you really be able to let someone do that? Well, we would stick with them every step of the way. But the the funniest thing was my husband's like, let's just put out there for Christmas Day that if somebody gave this amount, they could run the farm for a day on Christmas. Oh, so you don't right. have to? No, right. That was his theory. That was his theory. But, so then we thought, well, let's make it a little bit more general. Because uh-huh. That may not be as exciting for everyone. <laughs> But, you know, it, there is that whole connection to the farm that right. we've gotten a, away and from. And that's, that's an attraction. Yeah, that's an attraction, attraction for and, people. You know, we just threw it out there because, you know, we want people to always remember that cheesemakers are, you know, mm-hmm. farmstead cheesemakers are farming land right, and taking right. care of animals. So. And you have dinner on the farm as a reward, too, right? Definitely dinner on the farm, mm-hmm. um, family style. We're going to work with uh, a chef that we're very good friends with in Philadelphia to, to put on the dinner with our own meats and our mm-hmm. cheese and local producers. Oh, wonderful. A new one we just put up is a poster of Mike Gino's um, painting of the Bertrand Blue. I saw that. I saw that too. The painting sold. So he... he was he's been so supportive and he said let's do a poster and put that out there so i just noticed today that people are jumping on onto that poster and there's not a lot of them available excellent the painting's amazing how about your rewards jessica what what are your cool rewards for people oh well um we have been basically working on um definitely offering a lot of the uh the product itself right, right. Um, at different levels. Um, we have two different products that we're actually coming out with at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, one is um, a wood and screen box, which is basically t- it's used in Europe pretty frequently. It looks similar, but it doesn't have the same properties. Yes, okay. yes. And that one is, um, yeah, we're doing that one. That one's actually been a pretty popular reward. Um, it's... Um, Something that is for people who appreciate having cheese on their counter um, mm-hmm. without refrigeration. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also a really great thing for a gift for people that, you know, if they're giving a bunch of cheese to have this kind of antiquated idea of mm-hmm. how the storage should happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so that though, that's one of our rewards. We also have on a little bit of the higher side, um, the actual um, grotto itself, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which, you know, it's the first on the market so um so that's pretty exciting that would be exciting that. yeah mm-hmm. and um yeah we're planning a huge party um when we do our launch uh-huh. so that's going to be really fun um we already had a lot of fun doing the kickstarter launch party which was um you know basically you know come and eat lots of cheese from local producers and retailers and mm-hmm. makers and you know be able to talk to people about what it is that they're making and listen to music and mm-hmm. Um, so this will be kind of that, you know, on steroids, <laughs> uh-huh, <laughs> big, okay. really okay. big. So, um, so yeah, basically we also wanted them to have some, um, educational mm-hmm. qualities to them. So there's, we developed a flavor wheel for a certain style of cheese that people can get at the lower reward, mm-hmm. um, for a certain bloomy rind style and, um, and the higher ones would be more like the education. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you, um, do they tell you who's donating? Yeah, so you, you do, do you, know the you Do you find it's people you know mostly, or is it strangers? 
a lot of people we know mm-hmm. from um, mm-hmm. just being out in the cheese world, but um, and then some new, some new unfamiliar people too. So okay. it's really interesting the process mm-hmm. and who will support. It's mm-hmm. pretty exciting. How about you? Um, yeah, I would say it's kind of like a fifty-fifty mm-hmm. um, that a lot of the people that have definitely at the beginning who contributed um, at were. You know, people that I knew mm-hmm. um, who were excited, and they about the knew project. you were doing it, and you had been telling them about yeah, it. Yeah, right. um, but you know, there's a lot. There definitely are a lot of people that have been interested in it that are just you know the people out there who really appreciate cheese. Mm-hmm. Um, and our main, you know, what our our challenge is because we don't have too much time left in our Kickstarter campaign is to really make sure that all of the people out there who really you know already really appreciate cheese and want to bring their experience to the next level know about what we're doing because mm-hmm. they can mm-hmm. they can be involved they can be the first people to get this right. and um right. and so yeah so that's really you know finding finding that that crowd of people mm-hmm. um and now do you both have plan b's what if you don't reach your goal what's plan b Plan B is to make it work. <laughs> well, you yeah. know, as farmers, we're, we're resilient. Okay. You know, okay. so we'll, we'll, well, you're doing a little better and you have more days. I think you don't have so many days left. Yeah. I mean, it is, it is tricky. Um, our plan B, we've definitely been, uh, I mean, the fundraising elements of what I've discovered through this process is that you don't. I mean, you can fundraise in a lot of different ways. So Kickstarter mm-hmm. is one avenue for getting the idea out there. Right. Um, so definitely that's going to be in one of our, our plans. Um, we're also, I mean, this was, this is really the, the first phase of that we're looking for, for, you know, a boost to right. get to the next level, which mm-hmm. would be to actually be an operation. And mm-hmm. with product um, and product design, it's, you need a decent amount of um, investment up front in right. order to get the ball mm-hmm. rolling, you know, in terms of what inventory you have in your warehouse. So we're definitely looking to get investors. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's okay. also what's been going on simultaneously Good. Good. is, um, you know, establishing those um, connections, um, strengthening the brand um, mm-hmm. and, you know, making sure that all of those meetings are established by the time we're done with this phase so mm-hmm. we have uh, plan b right yeah. right um because and anyone listening can find them all i did was go on kickstarter and put in cheese and you're both on i think on the first line <laughs> you're right. you're the current cheese uh kickstarter things happening there have been others but they're they're over mm. um, right. and they've been successful i think yeah, lots oh. of success in cheese. But yeah. we know how the community loves cheese. Yes. It's yes, the easiest way true. to make friends, isn't it, Jessica? <laughs> oh, yeah. No, yeah, we were talking about that, you know. Yeah. Yes, it's a wonderful community. Now, I was wondering if we could just for the last final minutes talk about Thanksgiving. Um, what are your cheese plans for Thanksgiving? Oh, well, <laughs> go first. Soon. Yeah, I, I have such great access to some phenomenal local cheesemakers in southeastern Pennsylvania mm-hmm. that um, there'll be a little bit of cheeses from my neighboring farms in oh, cool. there, you know, and that's mm-hmm. really great. We're always eating each other's cheeses and mm-hmm. testing them out. And a couple of my favorites will be from Doe Run and Shellbark mm-hmm. Hollow and mm-hmm. Cherry Grove. Now, do we all feel that you only eat American cheese for Thanksgiving? Is it is? Are you allowed oh. to eat European cheese on Thanksgiving? 
Um, yeah, I don't have a wow. problem with that. <laughs> I don't have a problem with that because uh, you know I ran into a really good aged Gruyere at De Bruno's the other week, and I was like, I wonder if there's any of that left. Oh man, I mean, so I, you're yeah. you're liberal. Yeah, it can be open. I mean, fall cheeses are so phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I mean, what you can find, what comes from all over, what comes from Europe as well, like during mm-hmm. this time right. during right. fall and winter. Um, yeah, it's hard to say no to, uh-huh. to uh, the international community. Right. And, and okay, for serving cheese, is it before dinner on Thanksgiving or after dinner on Thanksgiving? Well, I kind of like to have some before dinner mm-hmm. and then again after dinner. <laughs> yeah, That's great. Would you save the blue for after? Yeah, probably okay. save the blue for after. We have our Thanksgiving dinner midday, and then okay. we our family goes out to milk the cows, okay. which is great to mm-hmm. help us work a little bit of that off. Nice. And then when we come in, you know, of course, we'll be hungry again. Okay. So we'll do, we'll do two, two cheese plates. Okay, how about you? What? Yeah, I mean, I actually would say that I agree to that. You take, you start with more of the lighter body, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. you know, maybe have like a fresher mm-hmm. goat's milk or something to start off as right, like a little, right. uh, you know, hors d'oeuvre. And then, you know, when you're, you want, at, that, at the end, it's really nice to just go all right, out and right. have a variety of flavors mm-hmm. because, you know, then you can just sit there and appreciate that and also, you know, maybe not gorge completely on right, on the desserts. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then does anyone put um cheese on their pie? That's a that's a possibility. Either oh. cheddar or blue I think would go on apple pie. Yeah, I think blue. I I usually just go straight up my pumpkin straight ah, up apple, okay. but okay. you know, you may have that might be flirting with me, <laughs> Diane, the blue on the apple pie. Right, right. Might have to. I try, that. you know, I don't want to fill up on cheese before Thanksgiving dinner. Right. And I always do fill up on cheese if it's there, so it, it, right. it's a struggle. Um, who's cooking your turkey? Are you cooking? Oh well, um, I'm not cooking the turkey this year. We are actually going uh, to a friend's house, having kind of like a friendsgiving. My mm-hmm. mom's coming into town, and um, we're all going to go over there. And um, yeah, so are you in charge of bringing the cheese? Um, I'm definitely going to bring some cheese and I'm definitely, I'm thinking I'm going to make some also because I like to make uh, some fresh varieties too. Um, okay. That's what I do I, when I'm teaching. I do fresh varieties for the house. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And w- will you bring the cheese grotto? I mean, it's my baby right now. <laughs> so you, it goes <laughs> wherever you go. With me, so <laughs> yeah, how could it, how could it miss out on Thanksgiving? It, it is about the size of a baby. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I need to get one of those slings. Right. Straps. You need yeah. a sling. A yeah, sling there we go. <laughs> how about you? Who's cooking your turkey? Dinner? Well, my 83 year old father is cooking the turkey. He will not relinquish that task. So I'll do all the sides and everything else. But he wants to do the turkey. So that's phenomenal. That's yeah. phenomenal. Which is it's great. You know, and, and our my kids, that's their favorite holiday is Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. They like to gather with everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, we roll out of the harvest season into winter winter mode. So it's really nice. Yeah. And one yeah. thing about being a cheesemaker is you always have a ready made um, covered dish. <laughs> so wherever you go, you have cheese. To do. Right. That's true. Okay. Well, thank both of you. Thank you, Sue Miller. Thank you, it's Jessica Sennett. Yeah, thank you. I hope your Kickstarter campaigns take off and meet your goals. And uh, thanks for coming into the studio today. This is Diane Stemple on Cutting the Curd. I'll see you in a month.
listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archive programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can email us questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.